0: Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host Zachary J. Radford and today I have an amazing interview for you. Uh, probably one of the best yet this year in 2024. I meet with Depeche Mendalia. If you don't know who Depeche is, he has a laundry list of accomplishments in his life. I like As he was telling me these things, I'm writing it down being like, oh, My God, this guy's accomplished a lot. From running a multi-million dollar dollar ad campaigns to building a massive million dollar agency, to building a huge uh, information business and taking the Facebook advertising and training industry by storm. And the best part is that he leaves breadcrumbs for you and for me to follow in his footsteps in this interview. So if you're driving, you may wanna pull over. If you're busy doing something, stop, grab your pen and paper. You're about to learn something amazing. Let's get into it. right now, every single night, thinking about your Facebook or Google Ads campaign, just because some or one of the tech gods could snap their fingers and all of your advertising turns off overnight. Well, I wanna introduce you to a concept which I'm calling the final frontier of online advertising. I'm talking about sponsorships, baby. There's podcasts and newsletters and people like Mr. Beast that will accept money to get you in front of their audiences. And if this is something you're interested in, I want you to click the link down below so we can have a conversation so I can get you and your brand back in front of more people and give you more control over your messaging and drive marketing, results, and ROI. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have Depeche as mentioned. Depeche, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Thank you. Looking forward to it.
0: Definitely. So I always start with all my guests to really understand, like you weren't always this Facebook expert ad guy. How did you get started in this? And what did that look like, that process for you?
1: So I've been in the online space since about 2003. So I go back a couple of decades now. So I'm aging myself, dating myself there. But how I fell into Facebook is I was running affiliate marketing back in 2009 to about 2012 um, at a point where I had lost my corporate job, global recession, lots of crazy things going on. And the long and short is it took me two years, but I finally got my affiliate marketing working. It was SEO, search engine optimization, backed with a wordpress blog and links out to merchants and all that kind of stuff so um in 2011 2012 we peaked when we hit um a million pounds in revenue generated for our um, affiliates and our commission was whatever percent off the back of that so for the first time i had money and it was like wow this is just i have money in the bank that i would look at you know that's my yearly salary so things were looking really good I was really immature as a business owner. I didn't even think of myself as a business owner. I don't, I don't think you do as an affiliate. So no. I no. thought I could hire people to do all the smart things I was doing, all the search engine optimization, the blog optimization, all that kind of stuff. Jumped onto, I can't remember what site it was, uh freelancer.com or something. So I hired people and I just stepped back. And I, and my thinking was, I'm just gonna let these clever people do this stuff and it'll be great. I hired one SEO person and she absolutely trashed all my results. So I went from getting millions no. of visits a year to literally zero. At yeah. the same time, two major changes came into Google, which was Penguin and Panda in 2012. And it meant that low quality links, low quality content, all that kind of stuff got wiped yeah. out. So we went from lots of free SEO, like organic traffic, to zero. And I couldn't recover it. It was like months and months of what's what's gone wrong, how do I do it? So it was like, I need a new traffic source. So I knew Google Ads because I'd started to dabble with Google Ads, but I couldn't get the right cost. So in the world of affiliate marketing, cost per click and Mm -hmm. earning per click are the two things that you kind of worry about. So Mm -hmm. you want to keep your cost per click lower than your earnings per click. And I couldn't get my cost per click in Google lower than my earnings per click. Because bear in mind, I'd gone from zero traffic cost to now Google Ads and it didn't work. What so year was this? Looking roughly. at other, sorry. What year was this roughly? So this is twenty eleven, give or take. Twenty eleven, uh, yeah. No, that
0: was that was like a slaughter right there. So many, yeah, absolutely, businesses. yeah.
1: So then oh, I'm so in forums. Good. I'm in affiliate forums, paid search forums, and people yep. talk about Facebook ads, and I'm like, why would someone buy off Facebook ads? It's like a social media platform. I was, I, I, I had a Facebook profile, but I barely used it, so I didn't really understand much about it tried to run ads in 2012, and I spent maybe two, $3,000, made zero. And that was it for me. It was like Facebook doesn't work. So it was a typical kind of crowd. Two years later, um, as I was in between jobs, someone reached out to me in LinkedIn and said, uh, hey, could you help us grow our store? It was an e-commerce store. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can come in and do some CRO, conversion rate optimization. And they were running Facebook ads. They were spending about $3,000 a month and making about 1000 1500 back so they were making sales mm-hmm. but they weren't profitable and, and that's the first time i saw facebook actually generating sales i was like this is curious mm-hmm. so then i spent 6 weeks contracting for them in that time we turned 5k into 10k and now we're profitable. And I'm like, this is really interesting. So then the next month, we I think we took 10K and turned it into 50K, like a 5X return on yeah, ad spend. Go. And I'm like, there's something here. So then over the next 18 months, that business, we took them from uh, 800,000 a year in revenue to 26 million. That caught a lot of attention. So that got me into the realms of Facebook. They flew me out to Menlo Park. And the, and the crazy thing is they flew me out and they said, what's your secret? I'm like... I actually don't know. Like it's working, but I don't because at that time I had no frameworks. I had no, that nothing. Yes. it was just like certain things are working. Yes. I don't really know why, but I'm just going to go with the flow. And it was like we at peak we were spending I think over two hundred thousand dollars a day on Facebook oh, ads. Goodness, and that's amazing, man. The most stressful experience ever. Like it, some people stress <laughs> about thousand dollars a day, ten thousand yeah. dollars a day. When you're spending two hundred thousand, like a slight change in conversion rate, you're losing tens of thousands of dollars. And that's stressful.
0: When we were hiring for profitable ads, the hardest thing to get my media buyers to wrap their heads around was managing that higher spend. There was like this invisible barrier that they couldn't push through. And it's like, look, they've agreed to spend the money. We need to spend this money. We need to make it profitable, do our best, but it's hard. So I can only imagine 200,000. I think the most uh, that we've ever spent was probably like 10 or fifteen thousand, even that was like you know we're chewing our fingernails making sure Absolutely. that we're good so 200k <laughs> and, and
1: it's scary because you wake up in the yeah. morning and you're, you're just worried like what is going to happen in ads management <laughs> like there there were times where results were all over the place and it's like you have to rein back things but at the same time the business knows you're spending you know 150 200k a day they don't want you to drop it down to 10k or 20k to be safe they want you to push on so yep. it's, it's you then create a framework so all the things you know, in 2017, I started a Facebook ads agency, and then we started to implement frameworks and stuff like that. But back then, I didn't have those things. So we were flying by the edge of our seats. It was wow. just like, I could look back and and I don't even know how we did it. But it was just, I don't, if I look at where we are right now, yep. we're so controlled with running ads, but it's yep. because we create these frameworks. I wish I had that back then. And, yeah. and that was, yeah, that was a challenge
0: do you think maybe not having a framework kind of freed you to actually find what was working in the long run? Do you think that would so. piece? Because I, I find okay. if, uh when the new media buyer would come in, we would put our framework around them and it would almost limit them to a certain extent, but it was good, but they would only ever meet and never really exceed expectations too. So yep. perhaps you were just like, didn't know better. And then you were able to just identify that and found what so worked. So
1: I'll tell you one thing that oh. broke the barrier for me um it was early 2015 we were hiring for new media buyers because we mm-hmm. were scaling we were now so by the way we were spending 10 to 15k a day and mm-hmm. i thought like i'm one of the world's top spenders i, did, I had no idea what other people spend but for me in my, my head 10k a day was a lot of money yep. um, which it is still right now yeah so we were hiring for media buyers and this guy came in he worked for a company called king king owned candy crush and ah. he came in and he was like yeah, you know, we spend about half a million a day. I was like, hang on a second, half a million dollars a day on Facebook advertising. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, give give or take, sometimes more, sometimes oh less. And it's like, I, I couldn't speak at the time. I was like, hang on a second. Like, yeah. I'm spending 10,000 a day and I thought we maxed out. You're spending yep. half a million a day. I could yeah. not get my head around it. Now, we didn't hire him because his salary was too high, but I left that meeting thinking, wow the ceilings just exploded because me i'm thinking we could maybe get from 10k to 20k and i was stressing about are we going to run out of audiences and all that kind of thing and this guy came in and said you can do half a million a day Wow. without that i don't think i would have had the capacity to think about scaling to 200k a day because it was then six months later that we actually hit 200k a day but i don't think with that without that one conversation i would not have known that was possible
0: yeah, you, you just have to believe that it is possible, and and you do that by seeing somebody else who's achieved absolutely. such things. But like half a million dollars a day, even and that was back then, like I couldn't even, that was imagine.
1: in 2015.
0: Yeah, yep. that that's absolutely insane. I wonder how he had it set up. Did he have because that's a lot of campaigns, or does he got massive spend with uh, I wonder how he had it all set up? Do you know how he had it set
1: up? Uh, he didn't want to share too much. Uh, I didn't think so, that's so always no the right, way, eh? yeah, absolutely. for sure
0: that's that's crazy so uh, you went from the affiliate marketing thing and you and then you got fed uh, you've kind of fell into Facebook and you're like, wow, this is working you grew their business then yeah. that led you to create an agency was that right away or did you take some time off to figure out what you wanted to do? I, I
1: took some time off so um yeah by the end of 2015 I was mentally exhausted. I was working 12 hour days for another company yes and then I stood there and looked back and I thought this company has made $26 dollars. I'm on a regular salary here. It was a decent salary, but I was still on a salary. And I. it was a conversation with my wife and we're like, she's, she said to me, she goes, if you're that good at growing a company mm-hmm. and that, that you've made them millionaires, but you're not a millionaire, like how do you then do something? So then I left that company because they'd grown from, when I was working with them in uh, early 2014, there's about eight people huddled around some shared co-working space. By the time I left, it was a hundred people in a dedicated office and it wow. become a bit more corporate. Mm-hmm. And I really love the startup vibe because when, when it was eight people, I kind of could do what I want and yes. we, I did what I wanted and it was just crazy and we grew and stuff. But now there's a hundred people in the business and you have to consider all the different factors and sign offs. And I yeah. wasn't enjoying it at that point. So I left into 2015 and then I fell into a couple of contracting roles and that was my thing of what do i do next i then spent 2016 um looking at e-com so i wanted to start an e or buy an e-com store just to go and repeat these successes mm-hmm. so then i fell into aliexpress and all the kind of usual drop shipping stuff yeah ordered a ton of products because i wanted to do my own quality assurance mm-hmm. hated the experience like some of the products were broken the packaging was damaged it took so long to re- receive i thought i can't run a business like this um now in 2016 i was uh, good friends with a vp at facebook in in, um, their island office in the uk Mm -hmm. and he said look you're good at facebook ads we don't have enough reps facebook reps to service all the clients we need why don't you start an agency He goes, if you start an agency we'll give you all the support we can we can give you one rep a high level quality rep but if you can support multiple clients, then it's a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought about it, and I thought, that kind of makes sense. So 2017, slightly off the agency, and we had phenomenal support from Facebook. And that was our massive advantage. it's huge. I had no experience of running an agency. And <laughs> I was undercharging, hiring too fast, too many clients. So yes, first six months of that was a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. And it took us some time to recover. And, and actually figure out we needed processes. We need to do, kind of hire a bit more intelligently. We need to do price accordingly as well. Like we started off selling our services at a thousand pounds a month, about $1,500 a month. Now, bear in mind, I had experience of running $200,000 ad spans a day. Yes. Charging $1,500 a month doesn't make sense. And now I know that now, cause like we went, we obviously grew, but I had no idea what a good fee was. I went through the typical yeah. process of, it takes me this long to run ads. I'm going to price my hourly rate at this, and that's what I'm going to charge a client. Without realizing, I should be charging on value, and that mm-hmm. was the big shift. And then we could charge more and hire better people and get better processes yep. in place.
0: I literally learned that exact same process, except for mine was with a jeweler client, and I made them four million dollars in two months, and I got paid uh, three thousand dollars in that time frame. <laughs> you so it. you got to like, you got to learn that lesson you know, and I wish somebody had just told me like right off the bat, you need to charge based on value, but there's something there. So did you go from your standard retainer to doing more of like a percentage based deals and so you can get back into those bigger spends and, and grow and scale.
1: And and by the way, when I started my agency, I saw an ad in my newsfeed and it was like, Hey, we can um, install agency processes and all that. I went through the phone process. They were Mm -hmm. charging 10 K. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I could save the 10k and just do it myself. Big mistake. Mm. So, like, if I know, I know a lot of people go through that investment challenge of, do I invest this money? Is it worth doing? I wish I could have gone back to 2017, put the 10k in, even though that's all we had. We yeah. saved ourselves six months of losses. Um, so, the, the big change for us was not just going from 1500 to now charging three thousand, four thousand, but adding a percent of ad spend. That was our first thing that we went through. Ten yeah. percent of ad spend minimum retainer. Um, but then difference. we start to massage some of the um the offers so it was percent of revenue percent of profit and things like that right now we focus on percent of profit but what we actually do is we baseline where a client has been for the last three months mm-hmm. we say you keep all the profits and the revenue off that we'll take a percentage off new revenue we create and i think that's create the best win-win for us so Smart. like for example a few months ago we just closed a client um he's he's been averaging 100K a month on his e-commerce store. And our percent was based on anything above that. We're in January now, he's um, on 120K. You'll probably finish at about 150K. So we'll take a percentage of 50K. He's happy right. with that. He's locked in his profits. He knows that we've introduced new revenue or you know, we've yeah. started to do that work, so.
0: E-commerce is difficult because you only have so much margins. And, and, and I always find that a lot of clients that would come to us, they were trying to squeeze Facebook. And I'm like, you're looking yeah, at this definitely. wrong. You need to think of like lifetime value. That's kind of how I got 100%. into some of the email stuff as well. Because I'm thinking, what happens beyond the ad? Do you find that with a lot of the clients that you meet? 100%. Like they're they're focusing on the, a certain set of things, and it's like it and they're well, almost stressed out because they can't like just look up a little bit bigger. You're running a business, yeah. not just a front-end acquisition company.
1: Absolutely. So he's in the kind of arts and crafting space. So he has hundreds of products and he's like how do I list these hundreds of products on Facebook and how do I get them selling? I said, you don't. You Mm -hmm. find your top five or 10 products. Mm -hmm. They're your uh, lead products that are going to bring people into your world. You Mm -hmm. could discount it. You could offer a bundle. You can price it fully, whatever you want. But the hundreds of products you're going to sell are on the back end. And and he started to understand that. So uh, even then, I'm like, let's go to Etsy. Let's see what's selling, what are the hot sellers. There's different ways you can research to see what's selling. I yeah. said, let's focus on those of the front end products and get them into your world. His email list right now, I think is like 50,000 people. Um, and I said, what are you doing to monetize them? He goes, well, yes. I just push an offer out every week. And it's exactly what we were talking about before. You need to actually start having conversations. And I'll give you an example. He's now planning for St. Patrick's Day. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about now to get ready for that promotion? What are you talking about the new designs and new whatever crafting things that are going on? And he goes, no, we're just dropping off for him. Like, you need to lead up. So it's just kind of oh, he, he's he's brought me you know brought us in to help focus on facebook ads and we're doing all good stuff there and Ross has improved all that that's fine yep. but i said you're leaving a ton of money on the back end and i said that's where 100%. your business is going to scale
0: 100% and i think uh the way i look at email a lot of people look at email is that it's we're going to go out and create this amazing business. All right. It's going to be awesome. And then they build it and like, Oh, we need to get people in and then, Oh, we'll send an email and let everybody know like last minute. And they put two seconds of thought into that email and it's like, just take, take a minute, take a day, take two days. Think about what you want to say in that email Absolutely. and make it really good. Send a couple, make sure it's valuable. Make sure it makes someone laugh, cry, send that emotion. And uh, it, it makes a huge difference. It's the same with writing in great advertising, right? It's just, it's just another form of advertising, but like good. so much money is left on the table. And I, I don't know about a lot of your clients, but a lot of clients that I had in the e-commerce space had like no email, like buy my stuff. That was it. Like that was the only thing. Most of them didn't even have like a banded cart sequence. I remember when that was just like coming to the market and they were like blowing their minds. So like, oh, we could email these people. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we could email them, we could send SMS. And I think as uh, business owners and creators, we get so lost in that moment of like, I'm building this thing, it's gonna be super great that we just don't have the time to look up and see all these different opportunities. And that's why agencies do so so well. I I think that's really true. Like we
1: had a call yesterday, myself and that Mm -hmm. exact client, and um, we were looking at an ad that stopped performing. So his inkling was, let's just pause the ad and move on. I said, let's look at the ad comments to see if there's any clue. Mm -hmm. And actually one of the comments was, um, I really like this crafting thing that they were selling. I wish I had a how-to guide on how to actually put the thing together. So I said to him, Imagine you selling that product with a free ebook. Maybe you mm. and, and this is something we've done many times before in e-com. Mm-hmm. You create an ebook, give it a value, put it on your store, $29, $30, whatever it is, and give it as a free bundle so that when you purchase. So for example, I had a friend who was um selling knives on Amazon and he was custom designing them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The thing that increases conversion rate was giving a free ebook on on different cutting techniques and how to use different knives in different scenarios. He's like a, a knife set of six mm-hmm. knives for $80 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when he introduced that ebook, his conversion rate's rocketed because not only are you giving the tools, you're giving the how-to. Mm. And it's something as simple as that. Now and, and that's a, a little example of how I you look at ads optimization. It's not just looking at the numbers. All right, it's not performing, let's move it and move on. Yeah. look at what else it could be like one of these ads wasn't performing and we looked at it and it still had christmas like copy on it i'm like well that's probably why it's not working let's yeah. refresh it let's use the same creative and just refresh it for new year 2024 january february yep. whatever it is so yep. it's like i think sometimes people do look at facebook ads in the wrong way and they just focus on those numbers yeah. but sometimes there's a reason why something was working now it's not working it's not always oh facebook's not working well facebook hates me just sometimes you just need to think a bit broadly about what's going on
0: yeah or the i've tried everything i've tried everything i'm not sure why this isn't working <laughs> you're like Absolutely. did you try this no did you try yeah. this no did you try this <laughs> no that's awesome totally. so uh I-, I love that i love the idea of bundling things there- there's so much more creativity in it than just the numbers as you stated it's it's phenomenal so then the agency was booming extremely successful for you i'm assuming uh, and that led you to the next conclusion of like i need to teach people how to do this or when did you get into that education side yeah
1: so um i fell into russell brunson's world in 2016 because i had seen a book on facebook and it was like uh free, free plus shipping all that kind of stuff so i fell into that funnel and i then fell into the clickfunnels group and i was like this is really interesting Mm -hmm. at that time i started to see different people posting and there was this one guy who i felt i really resonated with and we connected late in 2017 and as we were talking i was like i need to i need help growing my agency i'm not really sure how this clickfunnels thing Could work, you know, funnels, agency, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He goes, well, a lot of people sell courses. Have you considered that? I said, I don't don't want to sell courses. I've just got the agency thing going on. Um, And I said, no one would want to buy course off me. I'm like, nobody. And, you know, there's many other people out there, very famous people, uh, making money. Who am I to come in? He goes, people don't really care who you are. They care about what you've done. He goes, tell me something good you've done in Facebook. I said, well, we, you know, grew this e-commerce store to 26 million. He goes, what? (laughs) it was like yeah you know it's really quite fun but stressful and stuff because people need to hear your story they probably want to learn how you run ads like how did you get to that kind of scale so as we started to talk he said do you have any training i said well i've only got sops that we've set up for the agency and a few frameworks and stuff for our media buyers um he goes that's basically a training course just package that up and you can promote it so I did package it up and I spent Christmas of 2017 just creating this course and going through ClickFunnels and creating modules and stuff. Mm-hmm. I then fell into imposter syndrome. So it's like, Oh, I had it, this thing, but no one's going to buy it. Too. No one's going to be interested, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it took me three months to actually launch it. So March of 2018, lo and behold, we made a hundred K in six weeks. And that was mind blowing for me. Like let's go, I could sell this digital thing and make money. And you know, we weren't weren't even doing 100k a month on our agency. So to bring that in, in six weeks was just like mind blowing. Yeah. So fast forward into summer of 2018, the agency and the training was kind of getting really busy. And I had to make a choice on one or the other. Mm -hmm. So I decided to actually ditch the training because I wanted to grow the agency, I had plans to grow it and sell it and things like that. Mm -hmm. But then this one guy reached out, Jeff, and I've still got the messenger convo. And he said, I just want to let you know that your train course saved my business. He goes, if I hadn't have come into your first launch in March
0: yeah. and
1: where I'm right now, my e-commerce store would have been dead and I'd have been back to nine to five. But because you put together something that I understood and it made sense. My business is now doing well. And all that. So that changed everything for me. And wow. I was like, hey, hang on a second. This isn't just about making money. I'm <clears throat> yep. impacting people's lives. I didn't exactly. realize that, that was a thing. Like for me, it was just we could sell courses and make money. I didn't really think about what happens yep. after that. That then changed my motivation for courses and teaching. And that took me down that path. So 2019, in fact, what we did was I said, why don't we grow both together? And that's what we did. So we... Uh, built a kind of mini agency team alongside a bit mini uh, training team to get both of them going. And that was, that was quite successful.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I think it's so, and that's so valuable. Like it, for on a personal level to to hear a message like that, like I, I recently had a similar situation where somebody sent me a message that was like, literally was like, thank God you're alive is what it said in there. And I was like, I'm like showing my wife, I'm showing my kids because it's proud, and and, that's right. uh, And they were just using free stuff that I was creating. Do you know what I mean? So it's like there is such an impact in there. And when I first was getting into that world, I'm like, "Come on, you guys are trying to make money, right? Like impact, inch back. Like who cares? (laughs) Let's get let's get the sales." I had the very same mindset. And then once you get one or two that have used your stuff and seen results, you're like wow this is this is a different game i can i Absolutely. can definitely do more and that's why i mentioned in my book i was like the reason i'm switching out of that agency is because i'm meant to serve more than just 10 businesses you know what i mean like i feel that um as an entrepreneur do you feel the same way like you want to serve yeah. more people and have that impact and,
1: and one of the the one of the keywords that you said and the way i see it is 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 a game like yes. when you figure out the online marketing the digital marketing space and Funnels and all that, all the kind of cool stuff, it does become a game. And then it's a case of oh, there's so many ways to make money online. Which one are you going to choose next? So in 2019, yes. um, I created something called the CBO Cookbook, which was Facebook ads were moving from ad set budgets to campaign budgets. Yep. No one was talking about it, but we had already had like 12 months of success in the agency running these kind of campaigns. So I was thinking maybe I could write a training course on how we use campaign budget optimization. Um, I spent the summer writing it. We launched it in end of August, September. We made 100K in eight days Let's of launching go. a $97 ebook. And, and again, it's like mind-blowing stuff. And yeah, that was yeah. mostly on my email list. It wasn't even running ads and all that kind of stuff. It was email list and Facebook group. And that was yeah. it, eight days. We smashed six figures. And like the, we we keep on having these kind of um, successes. You it. know, The next year, I think we did 100K in a webinar. And it was like you you just realize that time is just it's, it doesn't it's not even a thing like we did 100k in six weeks in yep. eight days in a webinar yep. it was like there's no limit it's just what do you want to do how do you set up the funnel how do you get the messaging and and then just yeah figure out how you want to make money
0: yeah that, that's awesome and i want to touch on something you mentioned you mentioned like it's a game and once you know the game so this is the problem i fell into it's like there's lots of ways to make money. <laughs> and that's, that's a it. huge disadvantage for a person is, like me. Is, I, I was because so. I was like, oh, I could do all of these things. And so I would yeah. start something and be like, oh, I don't like the delivery or I'd find all these reasons I didn't like it. So there was about a two-year period where I was going down this process after the agency until I stumbled into Scott and I ended up getting uh, where I am today. Uh, do you have a system or a process or a thought uh, around that? How do you find what it is that you're kind of, I don't want to say your purpose but essentially it is like well where where do you get that value and how do you get that out to the marketplace how do you go about finding it
1: yeah so i guess before i answer that one of the things i do want to say is like um i I think when it comes to why like why you need to make money so if i go back to Mm -hmm. when i didn't have money I just choose one thing and I'd go all in because I was desperate and and I Uh needed to like the affiliate marketing and then, you know, getting into different things, launching the course. And that was all I did. As you start to learn, there's so many ways to do it. You then overthink it. And Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes the comfort of having money and not having to need the money slows you down. So one of the things that made a big difference uh, for me in 2020 was getting a mentor who isn't in the space who's just there to keep me grounded and keep me focused. That made a huge difference. So um, I actually ended up hiring a friend who was an ex-employer from the UK like 10 years ago, moved out to the States and we've reconnected. So he knew me already. Yeah, had no idea about Facebook ads, agency, courses, info products, all that kind of stuff. And and my only remit to him was, let's just check in weekly Mm -hmm. and keep me focused on what we've agreed. Because the thing is, it's is so easy to get caught up in these shiny objects. Of, oh, my oh, look, goodness. there's now AI. I can do something <laughs> with AI. Or there's, yeah. you know, go high level versus click funnels. Maybe I should yes. go, go high level. And, and you know, for, for him, it was just, is this going to achieve your mission? Yes, yes or no? Yes, it does. Do it. No, don't do it. Sometimes you just need that soundboard just as kind of let's yeah. kind of just keep you in track so that made the biggest difference for me um, and then working on quarterly targets so I use the OKR yep. system objectives mm-hmm. and key results mm-hmm. um, and just making sure myself and people in my team are all focused on those key metrics so whether it's to grow subscribers or coaching clients or agencies clients or revenue whatever it is and it's always a yes, no conversation. Will this thing help us to achieve this goal? Yes, no, then yeah. you make a decision.
0: No, that, that makes total sense. And I, I think that uh, you're spot on with, because I always thought if I had more money, this would be a lot easier. And I had the opposite just, problem because yeah. I joined programs that I didn't need to join exactly. and I bought stuff I didn't need to buy or I Absolutely. hired people that I definitely did not need to hire. Um, so I was busy doing work, but it wasn't actually achieving my goal. I was just buying things. And, uh, Absolutely. so I spent about two years doing that until I identified where I wanted to be in the marketplace. And for me, again, I did it backwards. I tried everything else that I didn't want to do. And then I found the thing that I like doing. So that, that's funny. I, I love that. So let's kind of move forward to today. Then what are we working on today? You, you have your education business in 2019 it's booming your launch after launch. I'm almost interested in the webinar. What what kind of webinar were you guys running, like the old, uh, Brunson style webinar? Brunson
1: or? style, yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. like he calls it the perfect webinar. So it's just yeah. coming up with a script that identifies a problem, takes them through the journey on how they can resolve it, shows how we've done it, our clients have done it, and then sells them into a program. So um, the thing about webinars is it's a money maker, but I don't enjoy it. Mm. so you're there for 90 minutes just monologuing and you can't really see anyone and can't really see reactions and all that kind of stuff and you don't really know if it's going to work or not until you drop the offer or the call to action to book a call so yeah for me I find that a bit difficult um I love challenges Mm five-day challenges three-day challenges because you're actually interacting with people and you're setting them homeworks and you're reviewing and it I, I love getting that feedback Um, I love in-person events as well, which we've done, and it's been quite successful. Um, So yeah, webinars, I don't do them as much. I know they do work, but it's just, I I think for a lot of people, you find your preferences.
0: And for me, for the life of me, I have not had a webinar work well or a challenge work well for me, but a one-on-one sales call boom, I can do a million dollar deal <laughs> in that call. So there it's like, go. for some reason, I don't know what it is. My skills don't translate well, or maybe there's something subconscious that doesn't allow me to do that. I've seen them work all around me. I've even seen the numbers and looked at all the ads. I was like, why isn't this Absolutely. working for me? Maybe I just wasn't ready for it anyways. But I, I yeah. think just identifying what does work for you is just as important as what's not working for you, right? And being able to Absolutely. get in there and selling. So, and
1: like for you, like you, you mentioned your book, so the yes. book's been hugely successful. Uh, Successful—that's something yes. you've done, something you've enjoyed, and seen the results for. Some people will then jump into the other thing, but release another book. Like that's that's the thing. Like once you get good yeah. at something, continue down that path. Find the other problem to solve and build on it. And then, like you mentioned before, what comes after the book? Do I get them onto the one-to-one call and then sell a million-dollar contract? Yeah. Do I get them into a group thing, uh, a membership? That's where I it
0: overcomplicate is. it because it's like I. I'm really good at like laying out the plan. I know so many marketing things and I know all the stuff, but when I go through that process, something feels off to me. Yeah. So I really, last year, I'm like, I'm only going to sell things that are not recurring. Like that was my goal <laughs> because I was tired of recurring things and having recurring responsibilities in my life. So I was like, I need to write a book and I can sell the book. And we sold copies in like Japan and like none of it and all over the place, all over the world. So it's been really cool and interesting, not super profitable, mind you, but it's yeah. been a learning experience. Uh How do you look at uh, revenues now? Like what model are you using? You mentioned that you have something that's a little bit more unique on the education side. Are you guys doing recurring revenue or are you guys doing one-time purchase? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so we remodeled over the last 12 months. Um, It was very scattered what we were doing. So it's like when you organically grow a business, sometimes branches grow, but then they're kind of like dead ends and stuff. So we've taken that time to trim them back down. Our model is very simple right now. Our base Products, I guess, is a recurring subscription, mm-hmm. then we have a group coaching program, and then we have our kind of one-to-one or consults. Our ad, ad agency right now is not running ads for people, but we do consults, audits, and other things. So mm-hmm. what we've actually realized is the quality of clients that we want, the ones that are doing five to 10 million a year, mm-hmm. they don't really need people to run their, they don't need an agency to run their ads. Often they need a consultant to come in and drive them forward or a team to support their in-house uh, media buying team. So that, that's the type of clients we go for. But what we realized is we needed a way to send people into our mid and high ticket offers without paying 1000 to $1,000 cost per acquisition. So that's where the, the membership program comes in. And what we've tried to do is kind of model the masterclass.com approach which is you bring in experts, they share expertise, and then Mm you market them as part of this uh, new program. So that's what we do. So ad signals for us is I'm there and I'm sharing stuff, but I also bring in experts to share their stuff. So for example, you know, the Mm -hmm. latest expert is a guy called Scott from Wicked Reports. So Wicked Wicked Reports is analytics and things like that. Um, I've used it since 2019 and it's been great for us. I know some people prefer Hyros and there's all these other different options. But yep. now uh, we'll be marketing wicked reports as you can get into ad signals. Part of your subscription is to get access to all the training advice and all that kind of stuff for analytics. So the idea is cool. it becomes a one-stop shop for your advertising, for your funnels, for your analytics and things like that. Um, but our goal is to ascend you. So there'll be some people that are just happy with that subscription and hopefully they'll stay there. Yep. But the model isn't there to make our subscription profitable it's to provide a filter and get people ascended into our mid and higher ticket. And it's, it's working quite well.
0: That's phenomenal. I think that it reminds me of the, the linchpin. I don't know if you've read that one. Yeah, that's a, yeah,
1: that, that's absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's he, I don't know how he does it, but he consistently stays ahead of the market and he's always absolutely. got this great information. And uh, yeah. that's what that reminds me of. And it reminds me of ad skills as well. Same style, yeah. uh, similar. And uh, it, the bang for your buck, like it used to be 97 or 997 for the course and you get one particular skew and like, that's all you're getting. You're getting Facebook, you're getting Google. Now you're kind of getting that Netflix or masterclass experience. I think that's a no brainer. If anybody listening to this wants to grab a copy of that, how do they go about doing that?
1: Uh, Yeah. um, Addsignals.com to to get into the program. And, you know, what we've tried to do is Lower the uh, barrier of entry for as many people as possible. So we actually, I, end of last year, I looked at our stats. We've had over six thousand people go through our trainings, courses, and basically we've had six thousand clients slash students in our programs. Amazing. Um, but I want to do more. I know there's like hundreds of thousands of digital marketers out there that kind of need this help. Yeah. They can't afford the two thousand, the two three thousand dollar courses. But I'm trying to get them to a point where for a fixed monthly fee, they can get access to far more than they could. Because at the end of the day, if I'm getting a monthly subscription for, you know, whatever it is from hundred members, thousand members it's profitable for me. So I can continue putting lots of value into our platform. And what we've now done is we've introduced AI tools to help with the heavy lifting. So now for a set subscription, Even if English isn't your first language or... And by the way, one of the cool things we did over the last six months is I hired a VA, virtual assistant from Mm -hmm. um, Upwork or Fiverr, I can't remember. She had very basic knowledge of Ads Manager. And one of the things I did intentionally is I gave her our AI tools, which have been preloaded with all our ads training, and said, just use the AI and go and run ads for ad signals. And she did that. And the ads came out really well and it's profitable and all that kind of stuff. And it just proved that almost anyone at any level can come in. You don't have to go through the video courses. You don't have to go and buy courses and stuff. AI as a companion can Mm -hmm. actually nurture you and train you and things like that, and actually get you to a proficient point where you can run ads profitable on Facebook. Like that is just, for me, it's a mind-blowing thing to think about. If I had that kind of stuff in 2011, 2012, when I didn't really know anything about Facebook, but AI was there to guide me and say, even to the Mm -hmm. extent that you can paste results into Facebook and uh, sorry, into AI, and it will tell you its interpretation and what to do next, like for me, it's just phenomenal.
0: It it, it blows my mind, it blows my mind. I think everybody should check that out 110%. I'll make sure I link to it and all that great stuff as well. I got one more question for you. If you were to go back in time and you look at your overall, your whole career, What's one advice, uh, piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self before um, you started?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest thing that's made a difference in my whole career has been learning copywriting. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: I remember I went for a job interview 2009, 10 time, I can't remember. But, um, and, and the the interviewer asked me, he goes, what's the common thread in your successes and, and stuff like that? And, and I looked at it and I thought, it's actually copywriting. Because copywriting um, helped me when I was doing conversion rate optimization in my first job, 2003-2004. It helped me with my SEO, my blog writing, my affiliate marketing, Facebook advertising, everything that's happened, every success I've had. And, and the thing is, it's not just learning how to write copy, it's the structures and the insights. Even, for example, I gave the example of looking at ads and the reasons why people are not buying and you know, then thinking about... How I could promote something. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, you can create an ebook, you can create a bundle, but they're all aspects of how good copywriters think. It's not Mm -hmm. just writing the copy and, you know, learning from Ogilvy and Hopkins and Halberts and all those kind of cool people. Schwartz, yeah, man. It's it's the way they think about things. Mm -hmm. It's not just putting words on paper, it's the thinking process. And I think that's where a lot of copywriters fail they think it's just get good at writing English and grammar and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm terrible at grammar, but I can make money out of copywriting. And I think that's the important thing.
0: See, That's beautiful. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Make sure to link to everything. And uh, I'm happy to have you on, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Was that right or was that right? I told you that this was a great episode. Having to pass on and having him explain the multi-million dollar ad campaigns, building his agency, and now he's tackling AI. Like, if you didn't learn something from this episode, you're literally sleeping under a rock. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't learn anything under a rock, but that's where you are. <laughs> that's what I say you are. <laughs> because this information was, there was so much I've taken like uh, cr- I've spent a crazy amount of money on courses and 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 all this different stuff. And there's so much value here, stuff that you can't get anywhere else. So if you're liking that, please like, rate, and subscribe this podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. The more love you show, the better and bigger guests I can bring for you. And I'll see you in the next one. Peace.